Hello and welcome to The Motherhood Guide, where it's all about making your experiences of pregnancy, birth and motherhood better. I'm your host Kelly, a mum of two, a hypnobirthing teacher and birth educator, and I'm here to help you thrive in motherhood rather than simply just survive. Let's get started. Hello, we have a very intense storm going on in the background today, so I'm hoping because I've came down to the quietest room in the house, that you're not going to hear anything in the background. But if you do, I'm very sorry. It seems that we are living in storm country right now, because this is like the third, fourth storm I think we've had in two weeks. So yeah, I am very sorry if you can hear that going on in the background. But today, I want you to have a good old chat about C-sections, because I feel like This is kind of something that gets missed out of antenatal programs quite often. I'm actually in the middle of incorporating that more in my own hypnobirthing course because I think it is really important that we have this conversation. There's often not a lot of discussion that goes on around C-section before you give birth and this can be because most of the time people are planning on vaginal births. But I do think that it is really important for us to have this chat, to have this understanding and knowledge before we go into birth, just in case it does happen, which I'm going to touch on later on in the episode anyway. Now, a C-section has lots of different names, a caesarean birth, abdominal birth, whatever you want to call it, but I'm going to continue today with C-section for the rest of this episode. But what I want to say before we begin is that even if this is not your ideal birth scenario, Even if you are not planning on having a C-section at any point in your life, please, please, please still listen to this episode because like I said, having that knowledge beforehand is really important and preparation is key. There is an element of unpredictability in birth. We never know for certain the type of birth that we will get, even if we do a lot of prep, a lot of planning for a vaginal birth. Sometimes that just doesn't happen for whatever reason. So it makes sense that we plan for a C-section just in case it does come up. C-sections are becoming increasingly common. It is no longer a rare occurrence to have a C-section. I know that C-section rates are, I can't remember exactly, I think it's like 35-ish percent. And this includes planned and unplanned C-sections. It's even higher in some other areas of the UK. So it is really key that we have this understanding of what actually happens in a C-section birth and how we can still control elements of that birth in order to still be able to look at that birth positively, even if it's not what you had originally planned. So of course, this is going to be a generic overview to a situation that can vary massively. I cannot go over every single circumstance that a C-section happens in. And then of course, C-sections are carried out in various ways from country to country and then from trust to trust from person to person and of course the reason for the c-section also has an effect on how that situation looks as well so i'm going to keep this quite generic because it has to be but of course if there is any further information that you want to know or any questions that you have specific to you or anything that you want to discuss for your own birth reach out to your healthcare provider about it obviously that is what they are there for and i'm sure they will be more than happy to answer your questions about that Remember that you can still have preferences and it is their job to help make sure that your wishes are respected and adhered to as much as possible. We will get chatting more about the preferences and elements of the birth that we can control very soon. So there are two different types of C-section. So we've got unplanned and planned. And notice how I am not saying planned an emergency. 
I feel quite strongly about this. Now, I'm not saying that emergency C-sections don't happen because they absolutely do. And thank God that that is something that is available to us. And especially, I know how lucky we are in the UK to have all of that offered to us for free. I'm very, very grateful. However, what has happened over time is that our language around C-sections has changed and developed to a point where we call any unplanned C-section an emergency. And this is definitely not always the case. The reality is that unplanned C-sections often actually are not an emergency. And we're going to get further into that in a little second as well. But I do think that it's important to highlight that because it does negatively impact on the way that we view birth. I've talked about this on my Breathe Into Birth hypnobirthing page on Instagram. I've spoke about this with hypnobirthing clients. I probably also spoke about this in a previous episode. I think I did. But yeah, it it does. It negatively impacts the way that we view birth because the more that we hear people saying, I had an emergency C-section or I know somebody that had an emergency C-section, using that narrative when it's not actually factually true, it builds up a picture that emergencies happen a lot more than they actually do. And it contributes to that fear that we've got around birth. We start to expect for things to go wrong in our birth and we start to expect that emergencies are going to happen to us because that is all we're hearing about. However, when we use the language of unplanned and obviously in the appropriate circumstances, then it does help provide a viewpoint of birth that is factual and realistic. So it is important to have a clear understanding on the nature of C-sections. And hopefully as I go through the different categories of C-sections in a little second, this will start to make sense for you as well. So an unplanned C-section would happen when you have the intention to birth vaginally and then for whatever reason a decision is made that that is no longer feasible, logical or safe and what happens next is you will be allocated a category based on how urgently that C-section needs done. Now this does kind of depend where you are because I've heard of some locations in the UK using two categories of unplanned C-sections. I've heard of other locations using three categories of unplanned C-sections. So of course, as usual, talk to somebody from your local trust or hospital and ask those questions. What does that look like where you are? So if you're in a trust that allocates two categories for unplanned C-sections, it would usually be as simple as a true genuine emergency C-section and then a C-section that is not an emergency but baby does need to be delivered by some assistance. Then if you've got three categories, then a category three C-section is one in which there is no immediate concern for mum or baby and therefore it has no defined time limit in which the baby has to be delivered. A category two, usually that means that a problem's been identified but it doesn't actually put mum or baby at immediate risk so they can open up the delivery times a little bit with that one and you're looking at that c-section usually happening within about 75 minutes however a category one is when it is indeed an emergency and it is determined that there is an immediate danger for mum and baby and in this case they're looking to have baby with you within around 30 minutes from that decision being taken so that category in particular can move really really fast And in some circumstances, you might only be required to actually give verbal consent to those ones rather than actually signing forms. Sometimes you can require general anaesthetic rather than going through an epidural or a spinal. However, they do try and avoid this as possible because it is not the the most ideal scenario for anyone, really. So if they can do, they will always try and go for a spinal block instead of a general anaesthetic. 
but ultimately that would be down to the decision of the doctors to decide kind of what's more appropriate and recommend that to you. And of course, due to the nature of an unplanned C-section, sometimes this situation can feel quite rushed and busy. And again, the extent of that depends on the category that you're placed in. Category one can feel quite chaotic, but obviously you do have the support of the midwives around you who are going to try and keep that as calm as possible and offer that reassuring support to you. For a category two and three, again, it depends on the timescales that they're operating under. You might have paperwork to sign, you'll be asked lots of questions, you'll be prepped for surgery and again they will be deciding on that anaesthetic that is best for your circumstance but usually it would be a spinal block that they'd be looking to offer in that situation. But what's really important at this point is this is where the birth partner really needs to step up and make sure that your preferences are acknowledged and heard and adhered to, okay? So this is why it's so important for your birth partner to be really aware of what your preferences are, to be involved in the birth planning process, and have that clear understanding of what is expected of them, what they need to communicate in circumstances like these. Because women often feel that once they have agreed to a C-section, when previously they had planned for that vaginal birth, that their ability to control their birth has now been lost. You know, it's a case of, well, that's my birth out the window, not getting what I want. However, there's absolutely still loads of ways that you can tweak your C-section scenario to make it more fitting towards your wants and needs. And obviously things will look a little bit differently. So, for instance, for a vaginal birth, maybe your ideal scenario was going to be a water birth. And obviously that can't happen in a C-section environment. But what I always say to my clients is, In the situations where things go differently from what you had planned, always, always, always focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't. Just let it go, okay? Because you need to start focusing on how you can make that situation better. And in almost every circumstance, obviously, not absolutely every single time, but in most circumstances, there is going to be something that you can control about that situation, something that you can do to make that more positive, So think back to what your preferences were for that vaginal birth. Is there anything from that vaginal birth that you can take in a C-section environment? So things like skin to skin can still be possible. And FYI, don't let them tell you that it's not because it is. Delayed cord clamping. Again, don't let them tell you that it's not possible because it is. So these are things that might have felt really important to you for that vaginal birth. That's still something that can happen in a C-section birth. Remember as well that it can still be those little things that can make the experience more positive. So maybe that would be playing your favourite music in the background of the theatre while you give birth to your baby. Maybe that's focusing on the connection between you and your partner, chatting about a favourite memory or what you can't wait to do together as a family, things you are excited about for when your baby's here. So speak to your healthcare provider about what is important to you. And in most circumstances, they can absolutely try and make sure that this happens. Obviously, for the true emergencies of birth, they are not going to be so focused on meeting the preferences because that's where it's really important that they focus on the safety of you and your baby. So in circumstances like that, you can understand, obviously, where they are just purely going to focus on the care of you and your baby rather than trying to meet preferences. But, you know, wherever possible, they will try and help you to make that experience more calm and more positive in any way that they can. Again, depending on where you are and how many categories your trust uses, but category three or four is 
usually where there is no emergency element to it and this is planned in advance. And this is actually the most common type of C-section that's done, which I bet probably surprises you a little bit because in my head, I would have always have thought that not many people planned a C-section and the most common would be the ones that happened following an attempt at a vaginal birth. But that is not the case. So a planned C-section or an elective C-section, this often has a completely different feel to it than what an unplanned C-section does. Often this feels a lot more like unhurried and calm and women often feel really quite in control of this situation as well. So a planned C-section can happen for loads of different reasons and that can be because of some type of physical issue It could be a choice made after discussing the positioning of your baby. So for instance, some people choose to have breech babies by C-section or it could even just be like a kind of mental issue as well. So stuff like tocophobia or, you know, really previous traumatic births. Some people might choose to just totally forego the vaginal birth experience and go straight for a planned C-section. And of course, there is absolutely no right or wrongs in this situation. All that is important is that it is the right decision for you and that you feel well supported in making that decision. So there's loads of different reasons that someone might actually plan for a C-section. And for this, you would usually be given an appointment before the date of your C-section by a midwife or an obstetrician. Again, that type of care that you're offered in this situation is different from trust to trust, location to location. So this is an appointment where usually you would discuss the process, they'll go over what actually happens within the C-section process, you get the opportunity to ask any questions that you have. You'll also be given all the information about the day of your C-section, stuff like discussing what anaesthetic they would like to use, talking about screening for stuff like MRSA, iron levels. They'll also give you tips for after your C-section, so talking about how to avoid blood clotting after your C-section, the injections, the stockings, All of these things are likely to be discussed with you at this appointment. But again, this is also an opportunity for you to communicate your needs and preferences to help ensure that you still feel an element of control over that birth and that your preferences can be met. Because your preferences are still important, even if you are not getting a vaginal birth that you had initially planned for, or even if you plan for a C-section from the outset, you can still have preferences and you still are entitled to have these met. So obviously these preferences will vary for everyone. I've already gave you some ideas when we were talking about that unplanned scenario. So have a wee think, what does feel important to you for birth? It might also be a case though that actually you're not that bothered. And again, that is absolutely fine. If you don't have specific preferences, that is all right as well. But as long as that feels okay for you. Now obviously with a planned C-section, you're also going to know that day in advance, which I don't know if I would like or not because I feel like it would make me more nervous. I've obviously never had a C-section. I don't know. I feel like that would make me more nervous knowing when it's going to be. But actually for a lot of women, it works in the complete opposite way. A lot of the time I speak to clients and the thing that they really, really struggle with is letting go of that element of control around when your baby will be born. And you see it all the time with vaginal births where it's really difficult because there's just no predictability in it. You know, we have our due date and we know that that's pretty much made up and so we just need to wait and see. And you kind of are living life on the edge a little bit the entire kind of last three weeks-ish 
of your pregnancy thinking when is this going to happen and every twinge you're like oh is this it is this finally happening but I actually didn't mind that I feel like I genuinely would be more nervous if I was to get a date and say right this is when it's all going to happen because I would just focus so heavily on the date but it works in the opposite way for so many women where they love to have the date in their head and they can make plans around it can be especially helpful if you've got children already where you can make childcare arrangements around it and stuff like that so it's just total personal preference whether that feels good for you or not but even though you do know the date of your c-section in advance it is likely that you will have to call the hospital on the day to find out what time you have to go in and this is obviously because they need to plan in around the unplanned c-sections that are now having to take place and it could be that although you're planned to go first that another c-section could come in that unfortunately is a higher category and therefore needs to be done before yours. So you will likely have to phone the hospital on the day to find out what the plans are for the day and what time you have to go in. You'll also be asked to fast for a number of hours before your c-section and you're likely to be given a medication that reduces the stomach acid in your tummy before your birth as well. Little tip, try and have a carb heavy meal the day before your C-section to try and keep you fuller for longer for when you do need to fast. And depending on the time of your C-section, you might be able to be a little bit sneaky and have something light in the morning because they're aiming for you to fast for around six hours. So if you were like later on in the afternoon, you can maybe sneak in a little light breakfast. Emphasis on light. Don't go eating a fry up on the morning of your C-section. It's not a good idea, guys. Not a good idea, okay? I'm talking something light just to tide you over. And then for drinking as well, try having quite a sugary drink to keep your kind of blood sugar levels up and your energy levels up. So I'm thinking like apple juice, Lucozade, or I'm trying to think of an American alternative. Is it Powerade? No, is it Gatorade? Gatorade? I think Gatorade... I'm trying to think of what there is in America. Um, something like that. Something that's got quite a bit of sugar in it. Or maybe got some electro... Oh my goodness. Or maybe got some electrolytes in it. I could not get that word out. But check your hospital policy for drinking. Because sometimes you can drink water right up to the surgery. But some trusts would ask you to stop drinking around two hours before the surgery. So just find out from your healthcare team what is the plans for you. You will also likely be asked to shower before you go into hospital on the day. If you're planning on shaving beforehand, do not. Uh, increases the risk of infection to the wound. And if there was any pubic hair that was to get in the way of making that incision, the midwife can remove it for you. So it's literally just not something for you to stress about. No shaving the pubic hair. Okay, guys. So then when you arrive at the hospital, you will meet your midwife or your obstetrician and you'll be recommended to have a few checks over, such as listening to the baby, checking your blood pressure, your urine, pulse, temperature, all of these things. And again, this is a really great opportunity for you to ask any questions that have popped up and again, to discuss your preferences for that C-section birth. To discuss your preferences for that C-section birth. You will be given a surgical gown and scrubs for your birth partner. At some point, a catheter will be inserted. However, this might be done after your anaesthetic. If you don't know what a catheter is, it is a small tube that drains the urine from your bladder. So it goes up your pee hole and... 
it drains away all the pee in your bladder until you're able to do that for yourself. Because obviously, if you have a C-section, you're going to be numb all the way down. You would not be able to feel when you need to go to the toilet. So that is why we have the catheter inserted for the C-section birth and for the surgery as well, of course. A cannula will also be inserted into a vein and this helps provide you with fluids. And if necessary, if it was appropriate, then you can have antibiotics administered through that cannula as well and then from that point you will just wait to be called down to theatre for when they're ready for you so you might have your own room to be sitting in or you might be on a small ward where you'll be waiting you could be waiting a while you know especially if there was any unplanned c-sections that came up that were a higher priority so it does make sense to prep for this time bringing lots of activities to keep you busy and I also think that it's great to have lots of like positive distractions and really utilize those calming techniques your hypnobirthing techniques it's a great opportunity for you to get into that oxytocin bubble and really focus on how close you are now to meeting your beautiful little baby Remember, oxytocin is still important for bonding. People often kind of just totally forget about oxytocin when they go into a C-section scenario because there's so much focus on building oxytocin for strengthening your contractions, which obviously, if you're having a C-section, you no longer need to focus on. However, oxytocin is still super important for bonding, super important for your mental health following after the birth of your baby as well. So it's absolutely still necessary and you do still want to focus on oxytocin building even in a c-section birth. It helps keep you nice and calm as well because as much as you might have this c-section planned, it can still be quite nerve-wracking and it's totally okay and normal to have a little bit of nerve. So really focusing on this oxytocin can help bring your adrenaline levels down from any of those jitters and nerves you're feeling and it can just help you feel a lot more calm and relaxed which all contribute still to that positive birth experience. So maybe you guys will want to do some relaxation scripts, maybe look at pictures on your phone, maybe you'll want to do your hypnobirthing audios or talk about favourite memories of stuff that you've done before, anything that you're excited about, just the same kind of things that we were talking about earlier on and the same kind of things that you'd be focusing on if you were planning on having a vaginal birth. And then of course when it's time to give birth you can either walk down to the theatre if you feel able or you can also just take a wheelchair down, totally up to you what you want to do. Then when you get inside the theatre, it kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. It's quite cool and bright. Um, You do feel the the difference in the temperature dropping and you will be met with a group of people. It can be pretty busy in a C-section environment, okay? So prepare yourself for that. There's usually at least seven people present with loads of different roles. So you've got your midwife, obstetrician, anaesthetist, a scrub nurse. There's, There's quite a few... There's quite a few different roles and they are obviously all there to support you. And they'll go around and they'll introduce themselves to kind of help you feel a bit more relaxed in that scenario. You know how everybody is, you know who everybody is and the job that they're going to be carrying out for your C-section. And you will then be signed into theatre and you'll have to confirm all your details again. At that point, the anaesthetist is going to take over and start preparing you for the procedure. And remember what we talked about, it's going to depend on the situation, what happens, but most planned C-sections are done under under a spinal or epidural anaesthetic, meaning that you are awake, yet you're not going to feel any pain. And that anaesthetic follows a numbing injection so that it's as comfortable as possible. The staff will then go over to make sure that you can't feel any pain, you'll be checked. And usually this is done by spraying a really cold spray on the abdomen. And obviously if you can't feel that, then 
you're good to go. And in most cases at this point, your birth partner would then be able to come join you in the theatre in their scrubs. However, this is not allowed when you've had a general anaesthetic, so keep that in mind as well. And then of course the actual experience for the C-section is going to be kind of similar in terms of what you're going to experience. Obviously, depending on the reasons for the C-sections and stuff, there might be elements of care that are slightly different. But in terms of from what you can see and understand about the process, it's going to look kind of the same, planned and unplanned. You would then be laid down on the bed and drapes would be placed around your abdomen. So this is again something that is a choice. You can choose to have the drapes up or if you do want to feel more involved in the process, you can also have the the drape lowered for birth or you can have no drape whatsoever. And as a procedure takes place, it's likely that you're going to start to feel a bit of pressure bit of pulling sensations but key part is obviously not feeling pain. Usually this process is actually quite quick and swift but again another element that you can choose is that you can also ask for something called a gentle c-section but this does need to be discussed beforehand with your care team. So this can be where the baby is lifted out a lot more gently and slowly or they can even be encouraged out by like the use of like your hands palpitate in the stomach if that makes sense so this is something that you're more than welcome to look into and discuss with your care team if it feels like that's the right situation for you and then of course providing that there's no concerns immediate skin to skin can be offered and you can make that call on what you're going to do about the cord so is the cord going to be cut immediately after or are you going to wait and let all that blood come back into baby's body and do kind of an optimal cord clamping scenario it is up to you but after the baby is born the process would be that they would take the placenta out of the uterus and then the remaining time of the c-section is going to be spent sewing up each layer of the wound and that whole kind of c-section process is usually around 40 to 50 minutes and of course depending on the scenario what happens with your baby immediately after they are born will also depend on your own personal circumstance, the reason for the C-section. But hopefully in that scenario, you know, your midwives should be communicating that with you. They should be talking about what the plans are, where baby is going, what baby needs. You should still really feel part of that process, although physically, you know, you might not be holding your baby. It is important that you still feel part of that process. And then after your C-section, you'll be transferred to a recovery bay, where you and your baby will be cared for and monitored before getting transferred over to a postnatal ward or room with everybody else that has also had their babies, whether that's vaginally or via a C-section. And you are likely to be with your baby in this circumstance unless there is a reason that your baby needs special care. So in the first few hours after your C-section, you'll find that that anaesthetic will start to wear off and you'll be offered medication to try and help keep you as comfortable as possible. It's likely that it's a few hours until you feel able to actually get up and move your body. And then after around four to five hours, it is likely that you'll feel that you're able to move around with a bit of support. And then once you feel able to go to the toilet unassisted, that is when obviously you can make that call with your midwife, whether it's an appropriate time to remove your catheter that was inserted before you went into surgery. This would usually happen at some point within those first 12 hours after your birth. 
And during this time, you are going to be monitored really regularly by your caregivers to make sure that you're recovering well and everything's looking all hunky-dory. But of course, a C-section is a really, really big bloody deal. It's a huge surgery and you can feel quite uncomfortable afterwards. It can feel difficult to do even simple tasks like picking up your baby out the cot. So you will have that call button available for you near your bed. And please, please, please do not feel bad for using this. Please ask for help whenever you need it, okay? A really good tip actually that I've seen about C-sections was treat your body as gently as you would treat your baby, right? So don't go exerting yourself. Move nice and slowly, nice and gently. Be kind to yourself in this process. You really need to slow down, okay? Because it is uncomfortable. It's a big deal having this surgery. So please take that support whenever it is, whether that's a midwife coming to you via the call button, whether that's friends and family helping support you. Please, please, please take it slow and take it easy. But what I do think is really, really smart to plan for is that time period after the birth, okay? So think about what it is going to be like if you have a C-section. How are you going to recover well at home? Do you need to ask your partner for support? Do you need to potentially draft in your friends and family? Maybe it could just be as simple as them preparing meals for you or doing the washing for you. Maybe it could be them coming around and helping you with the baby while you catch up on some sleep or it could even just be having your partner on hand to hand the baby over to you, to lift you, to help kind of maneuver your pillow so that you can hold on to your baby nice and gently and safely. So have a little think about what you kind of need to plan for in the time period after the C-section as well and how you can go into that time period feeling properly supported, not only mentally but physically for your body as well. Now I know that they say that it's about a six-week healing time for a C-section. I still feel like I'm not sure that that's completely accurate for most women. Now, yes, of course, you might be able to drive after six weeks because usually you're told for insurance purposes not to drive until after six weeks. And yeah, that might be possible for you. But the healing that has to go on internally, sometimes even mentally, I think we can be realistic and say that that may take longer than six weeks. Everybody heals at different paces. Everybody's situation is going to be different. All of our journeys are completely unique. So this is going to look completely different for everybody. I would say please don't compare, okay? Just because you've heard Sally down the road is perfectly fine and doing the washing and out and about doing this, that and the next thing one week postpartum after a C-section, that doesn't mean that that needs to be you, okay? Listen to your body. Listen to your body and do what feels right for you. Take all the support you can get from everybody around you because the people that love you just want to make this process easier for you. And truly, I hope that listening to this episode has been really helpful for you to help understand more about the C-section process and what actually takes place. I will be sure to pop back with another episode because the next time I really want to focus more on the healing process. I've got somebody in mind that can come and chat with us about that, can give us really good insights on that element of a C-section so make sure you stay tuned. If you have not clicked follow yet on this podcast, what the hell are you doing? Get doing it now, please. Thank you very much. And of course, a review would be absolutely great if you're finding this kind of content really helpful and informative. I would love to hear from you. However, that is pickup time for the kids calling me, so I will leave it there. So I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and that you've been able to take something away from it, whether that's feeling less alone or more in the know. 
If you have enjoyed today's episode, the usual stuff applies. A review or a share with a friend is a really great way for me to build my community so that I can help more women. All the good stuff is in the show notes, guys, including details on how to work with me, or you can check out my website at www.readingtobirth.com. I'll see you next week.